Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ducky's Funhouse Live, live from the NOCO FM studios in beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado. I am your host, Ducky, here with you for the next two hours on this Friday, May 8th of 2020. Um, thanks to all of you who uh, wrote and sent messages and uh, well wishes and things on uh, the last episode that we did, which was also the first episode that we did, which was a tribute to Prince. Uh, I got a lot of positive feedback um, and some some really wonderful thoughts from people. So thanks again for um, sending that my way. Um, not every show is going to be a theme. In fact, uh, most shows are not going to be a specific theme, but, uh, you know, uh, we're going to try to keep every show interesting. And when it warrants a theme, then we'll do a theme. I want to start off the show talking about some awesome things that I am excited about or that I've seen lately because God damn it, there has been an immense level of negative, horrible, no good, very bad news um, over the last couple of weeks. So let's talk about some things that are awesome. First thing that is awesome, and no, this this bit is not stolen from Philip DeFranco. It's not called Today and Awesome. I'll think of a better name, or maybe you can suggest one. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. Lanfear. But the first bit of awesome today is The Last Drive-In. Now, The Last Drive-In is a television show hosted by the one and only uh, drive-in movie critic, Joe Bob Briggs. Um, for those of you who are old enough, you might remember there used to be a TV show on the TNT cable network called Monster Vision that was hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, and it was usually a double feature where he would host the movies, talk about the way they were made, and talk about what he loves about them, and it was usually low-budget, schlocky, 80s horror, and you're kind of like lower-grade exploitation flicks, and he treats those as film scholars might treat Citizen Kane or 1941 or really important movies in the film literary canon. So Shudder, the uh, streaming service from AMC, which uh, focuses primarily on horror and science fiction, picked up a couple of years ago a new show called The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. And it's currently in its second season, and the third week of that show is tonight. The beauty of it is it's a double feature, same setup as Monster Vision was back in the day, but it's a double feature, but you don't know what the movies are until you watch. So it's a bit of a mystery kind of movie experience, and on the last few episodes, he's brought in guests from people who either were in the films or worked on them. So far, the films that he has featured include Chopping Mall, which is a wonderful 1986 horror movie about killer robot security guards in uh, a mall in the 1980s. Um, Bloodsucking Freaks, which is a notorious classic from the crazy people at Troma. And those of you who know me know uh, my history with them. And at some point, I'll get into that on this show. They've done some, some fantastic movies, and I can't wait to see what the mystery movies are tonight. So check that out if you have the Shutter streaming service. And if you don't, you can get 30 days free of Shudder um, by signing up and using the code SHUTIN. That is not sponsored in any way. I'm just really a big fan of the service. And if you like horror and sci-fi um, and monster movies and things like that, give it a shot. 
Um, another one of the wonderful things that I had to be kind of pressured to see actually was The Lighthouse, which is streaming on Amazon Prime right now. For those of you who have Prime, it's available for free for you to watch. Features Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. They're lighthouse keepers in the late 1800s. They become kind of marooned on this lighthouse island together, and it's basically a study in them slowly going insane um, until the isolation and the loneliness of the island sort of consumes them. Shot in black and white as if it were the uh, early 1900s. Wonderful, wonderful piece of filmmaking and wonderful uh, dramatic performances by both actors. Another thing that's actually brand new that actually just happened today, This American Life, the fantastic radio show and podcast that's been going for a long time that many of you might listen to, has won the first Pulitzer Prize for audio journalism and the first Pulitzer Prize given to a podcast for episode 668 of This American Life called The Out Crowd, which quote, had revelatory intimate journalism that illuminates the personal impact of the Trump administration's remain in Mexico policy. Big congratulations to them. You know, we're big fans of This American Life here at NOCO FM, and even though we have nothing to do with that show, you should definitely be listening to it because they tell fantastic stories, and it's it's really just wonderful. And it's really cool to see a podcast get a Pulitzer Prize because that means it opens the door for more podcasts to be recognized for their creative and storytelling talents. So that's really wonderful. Another wonderful thing that actually happened, I believe, late last night or early this morning, uh, the alleged uh, men who murdered Ahmed Arbery in Georgia have been charged and arrested with his murder. For those of you who don't know, this is an event that has been gaining traction over the last couple of months. Basically, these men who believed someone who was walking by who was black and thought he might be a uh, burglar essentially followed him for several blocks as he was running in the neighborhood and shot him down. This has caused an immense amount of furor all over the nation, not only because it's another instance where someone was killed basically just for being black, but also because this was captured on video. And it took over two months for uh, the law enforcement authorities in Georgia to make an arrest and charge with this crime. So, you know, will they receive justice? God, I can only hope so. Moving from that strange pivot point, those of you who know me know that I'm fans of the TV show How I Met Your Mother, which was a comedy that ran on CBS for nine seasons, I believe, eight or nine. Not all of them are winners, but overall, it's a wonderful show with a great premise. The character that Kobe Smolders plays in the show is named Robin, and you find out throughout the course of the show, it becomes kind of a running joke, that uh, she used to be a teen musical idol called Robin Sparkles and was famous for a song, in Canada at least, called let's go to the mall but she has recorded and released a new version of the song called let's all stay at home um, instead of let's all go to the mall sort of a quarantine remix of that hit so that made me very happy to see this morning and those of you who follow me or the station on social media at mr Lanfear and at noco fm have no doubt seen the cover art for today's episode which is a picture of an orange cat that i adopted from the Larimer County Humane Society yesterday. Um, so you'll probably be seeing me and uh, talk more about that, and I will be sharing more photos and stories uh, from him 
on social. So look for that. But enough of me blathering. We're going to get to the first song in the show. This is a band called Chicano Batman that I have been in love with ever since their their first album came out um, a few years ago and had some wonderful songs on it. Um, I actually got a chance to see them perform live at the Underground Music Showcase in Denver last year. They were one of the national headliners that was brought in for the event. And they're just absolutely phenomenal, very talented musicians. But they have a new album out in 2020 called Invisible People. And this is I Know It off that album. Los Angeles for some Chicano Batman with I Know It off of their new album, Invisible People, which is out now. Wonderful, wonderful band. Um, I would also suggest listening to their previous album, Freedom is Free, um, which has some really awesome tracks on it. And we play some of them in the rotation here on the station. But that's a great, great new album. So check that out. Um, Next, we're going to keep on listening to some new tunes. This is uh, the latest from Fiona Apple, who... uh, is i'm convinced one of the greatest um songwriters of her generation she just released a new album called fetch the bolt cutters this is drum set the drum set is gone and the world it was on is still here screaming at me 
Fiona Apple with drum set off of her awesome new album called Fetch the Bolt Cutters, which is available now everywhere you find music. Um, Another wonderful thing, a great piece of news. And again, this is not sponsored in any means, but uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters was just announced for release from a uh, label that specializes in collector quality vinyl called Vinyl Me Please. It's a subscription service, um, but they also offer exclusive records and exclusive pressings that you can only get through them. Um, They're they produce really, really great quality stuff, and they're based in Denver. Um, so I'm happy to support Denver-based album or Denver-based companies from Colorado-based companies, really. But uh, if you are interested in getting Fetch the Bolt Cutters and you're a vinyl fan, then I recommend to get your copy from Vinyl Me, please. We're going to keep the new music train a-rolling now. This is The Killers with Caution. Pretty girls do I'm throwing caution 
Caution by the Killers off their new 2020 album called Imploding the Mirage. That's a fun little track. I don't really have anything fun to say about it specifically, but I just really like that song. Um, we're going to go next to uh, the Afghan Wigs. The Afghan Wigs have been around for, God, 30 plus years now, fronted by Greg Dooley, who just released a uh, fantastic new single album as well. Uh, Solo album, I should say, not single album, although I suppose every song is a single. Anyway, this is a song by the Afghan Wigs. This is called Arabian Heights. This is off their 2017 album, and it's fantastic. Let's just listen.
Holy shit, does that song not rock. That was the Afghan Wigs with Arabian Heights off their 2017 album from Sub Pop, Sub Pop Records called In Spades. And I love pretty much everything Greg Dooley, the frontman of the Afghan Wigs, has ever done. Uh, one of my favorite projects of his was this side band he had for a few years while the Wigs were on hiatus called the Twilight Singers. And I, uh, I would advise you to check those out if you enjoyed that song it's a bit of a different sound but very uh just kind of rocking shit i don't know <laughs> not particularly eloquent with the words i guess it's a good thing i have a radio show um one of the uh, pieces of feedback i got after the prince episode asked how do you train yourself to appreciate remakes from one of your favorite artists i struggle with remakes and remixes that's a really good question um the short version boils down to this no art that's out there is original in the sense that it wasn't influenced by anything that came before and one of the wonderful things about art is you take those influences and you make them your own and they create something different. Even if you're using the same ingredients, a cake that you make may be different than what someone else makes. And it's through that interpretation that the art grows. Um, one of the more recent uh, cover projects I've seen, it's not too terribly recent, I guess the album came out in 2010, um, was a project by Peter Gabriel. He released this album called Scratch My Back, and the entire album is covers of other artists' material that he puts his own unique spin on. Um, you might recognize his cover of David Bowie's Heroes, which was the first track off of that album. And that song's been used in a number of movies and TV shows over the past couple of years, including the latest season of Stranger Things. And good God, I can't wait for that show to come back. But it was used there. And the idea uh, of the concept of the album was that he would record songs by other artists. And in turn, he would release a companion album uh, of songs from the artists that he covered, covering his own songs. So it's this nice kind of... Um, you know, reciprocal covering and influence and instrumentation um, and just this wonderful kind of new versions of old songs that people take and make their own. So we're going to listen to one track off of the companion album uh, entitled I'll Scratch Yours, which uh, came out in 2013. And it's all of the artists he covered doing songs of his. So this is David Byrne, most famous from the Talking Heads with I Don't Remember. Thank you. 
JDC053, a confused clone without any pants. Um, I'm James Not a Cop, who is definitely not a cop. I'm Tobias Clutterbuck, a terrible Victorian actor. I'm Action 6 news reporter Chet Cleveland. I'm star of the stage Helen Slaymaker. And I'm Lieutenant Starburst Cheese It Taco Bell Esquire, the third. And this is Rolling Misadventures, a podcast that's part tabletop real play, part improvised audio drama. And a complete and total fiasco. Join us every two weeks for stories of mayhem, murder, and occasionally a moose. So check out Rolling Misadventures and see how it all goes wrong at rollingmisadventures.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dick beans. (laughs) (laughs) Milko FM. We put the rad in radio. Welcome back to Ducky's Funhouse. I am Ducky, and you just heard I Don't Remember by David Byrne off of the 2013 compilation album, And and I'll Scratch Yours. Man, that's difficult to say for some reason. Um, Next, we're going to go to a little bit of a throwback song. This is Charlie Don't Surf by The Clash. Thank you. 
Charlie Don't Surf by The Clash off of their 1980 triple album Sandinista. Of course, uh, the line Charlie Don't Surf was made famous by Robert Duvall in 1979's Apocalypse Now. Wonderful film, wonderful album, great stuff. Um, you know, I do occasionally want to try and uh, expand your musical horizons a little bit on this show. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is Japanese city pop. Now, if you've never heard those three words in the same sentence together, boy, do I have a treat for you. Let's talk a little bit about city pop, what it is. Um, city pop is something, it's, it's a genre of music that was created in Japan in the late 1970s and went up until the early 1990s. Um, it's very expressionistic. It's very poppy, for lack of a better term. Um, it's very... Um, optimistic. It's very positive. Um, basically what happened is that uh, starting in the late 1970s, Japan found themselves in a new wave of uh, economic prosperity as a result of their technological advancements in electronics and the demand for those products. Now, the thing you have to keep in mind about Japan is that country as a whole had all been had basically all been but destroyed um, uh, just a couple of decades prior in World War II. So they went through a long period of rebuilding and finally started to find some prosperity taking hold in the late 1970s. And City Pop was an expression of that. Um, it uh, created this time period uh, with all of their prosperity called what's referred to as the bubble period that lasted throughout the 1980s. It's an era of splendor. It's an era of euphoria within Japanese culture. It was a blissful time where the belief was that things could only get better. Japan at this point had one of the highest standards of living in the world, and they had no reason at the time to think that that would ever change. So city pop kind of is an amalgamation of the Western pop that was um, popular in the United States at the time, um, but it, it kind of appropriates the uh, it, it appropriates U.S. funk or Western Western funk with jazz influences, with rock influences, um, with boogie and disco influences, and underlined it with this kind of improvisational melody. Um, the Japanese, the Japanese economy came crashing down in the early 1990s, which uh, is what saw city pop sort of fade into the background. And it was never really heard that much outside of Japan. Um, the prevailing theory, at least at the time, was that Westerners wouldn't be particularly interested in something that was so specifically Japanese. Um, but it's it's a wonderful genre, and I'll have more to say, but we're going to start off with one of the very first big hits of the pop, uh, of the city pop genre, and that kind of ushered in that era. This is Maria Takeuchi with Plastic Love. Kiss, yeah. 
You are not tuned to the wrong station. This is NoCo FM. I am Ducky, and you are listening to Ducky's Funhouse live from our studios here in Fort Collins. That was Maria Takeuchi with Plastic Love, um, one of the first big hits that really solidified the uh, coming presence of the city pop genre. Maria Takeuchi was married uh, to Tatsuro Yamashita, who's considered one of the fathers of uh, city pop as well. And both of them were both wildly influential performers and producers of the era. Um, Yamashita's album Before You is one of those kind of classic city pop albums. And maybe we'll hear a track from him at some point. But it's it's an amazing genre. You can tell that like one of the things I love about it is that you don't have to read or speak Japanese to get the vibe of the track, to get the feeling of the track. Um, there's, you noticed in Plastic Love, only the chorus at the very end is in English and the rest is in Japanese. And I don't know what the lyrics are. I've looked at them, but don't know them off the top of my head. Um, and really, there's just some fantastic stuff there. Um, we're going to listen to some more city pop uh, here. This is Piper with Summer Breeze, um, another classic track from that era. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more afterwards.
1983's Summer Breeze by Piper off the album of the same name. Um, interesting enough, that album has not been released in Japan until this very year um, when Ship to Shore Phonograph Company put the album out on vinyl since its first Japanese pressing. Um, wonderful classic city pop album. And even if you haven't heard it before, you might have heard it before. And what I mean by that is, tell me if this sounds familiar. And the sprawling influence of city pop isn't confined solely to anime. Take a listen to 1983's Summer Breeze by Piper. Does it remind you of anything? How about that, huh? <laughs> now, you can tell that there's city pop influence throughout the world, and uh, that's a pretty clear example of it. That clip was from a uh, video essay on YouTube um, by a creator named Michael Seba called Japanese City Pop and the Rise of Future Funk. And if you're more interested in learning more about this topic and listening to someone explain it much more eloquently than I have, then I would highly recommend you check that video out. Um, he also has a link to kind of a city pop uh, primer playlist to get you started if you want to hear more of that music. Um, and I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode as well as the video. Um, city pop, uh, as, as time went on, it sort of faded into obscurity when Japan's economy essentially crashed in the early 1990s. So it wasn't really heard too much until the late 2000s when underground clubs and areas in Japan started playing it again, but started remixing city pop. Um, and, and it became kind of the first vestiges of what would become known as vaporwave. Um, vaporwave is something you're probably familiar with. It's more, it's much more Western created using city pop influences. Um, and it's very sample heavy. Um, it's kind of recontextualizes existing pop songs into this kind of bizarre kind of Gen X-y sort of spaced out feeling. But I say that to say this, Vaporwave also created a subgenre within the subgenre, which depending on who you ask, that that title may not be accurate, but uh, that subgenre is called Future Funk. Now, Future Funk, is really exciting. It is a somewhat new genre of sample heavy music that sounds reminiscent of the past, but is also kind of nostalgic for a time and place that at the end of the day doesn't exist. It's more about a feeling than a time or place. Um, and it's uh, the name itself, Future Funk is ironic, given that it borrows almost exclusively from city pop and boogie and funk of the past. But we're gonna listen to a Future pop, uh, future Funk song by um, Los Angeles-based producer Versace. This is Outside. <laughs> I'm not a baby. I'm not a baby. 
was Los Angeles's own Versace with Outside off of his 2020 EP Sunrise. Um, it's kind of strange how I found this guy. Um, I was actually browsing around uh, Twitch uh, not too long ago and looking through the music and performing arts sections because you never know what you're going to find. And I found Versace um, on Twitch. He goes by Jinpai LA. But, uh, so there's a plug for that. But um, he actually live mixes and produces future funk on his stream. He also raps and does other things, but I was very taken with seeing kind of the behind the scenes of the music production process. And when you listen to that track, you can really tell future funk is all about samples and groove and funky guitar riffs and sped up or slowed down vocals. It's a lot of fun. And I've been really getting into a lot of it lately. Um, so I would recommend checking out for sake. There's some other wonderful stuff that I will, I'll play, um, as this show goes on as well. But um, I've probably expanded minds a little bit too much at this point. So that's enough of the city pop and future funk. We're going to switch gears here now to a local group, a synthwave group from Denver uh, called Retrofet. And we were actually fortunate enough to meet these guys at Underground Music Showcase last year in Denver um, and interview them as well. And you can find our interview with Retrofet on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash noco fm uh and kind of talked about their influences they're i mean they're very influenced by the 1980s um very kind of throwback synth poppy vibe though a little bit more straightforward um than some of the city pop and future funk stuff we just heard um according to their website retrofet makes music that will make you want to bust out the tracksuit dust off the delorean and dance this is lover in japan Thank you. 
Denver's own retrofit with Lover in Japan here on Ducky's Funhouse on NOCO FM live. Um, retrofit, wonderful, wonderful guys. Like I said, we've uh, had the chance to interview them a couple of times and chat with them, and you can hear that and see those interviews on our various social media channels. Um, we're going to stick with the Denver synth pop vibe. This is another duo that we are huge, huge fans of, one that I personally kind of uh, stalked when uh, we uh, went to UMS. I hadn't known really anything about them other than listening to a couple of songs and uh 
uh, our music director, Corbin David Alba, and myself were actually present for Oxford's very first public performance. Um, that's kind of how new to the scene they were at UMS last year. But wonderful people. We have an interview with them, uh, kind of a full-length kind of deep dive into their work and their inspirations um, over on our, uh, one of our other music shows, Corbin versus the World. Um, and I encourage you to check that out because they're just awesome people. But this is Denver's Oxford. That's spelled X and then Oxford after that um, with warm bodies. Enrique. This is Israel. This is JC from Altas. And you're listening to NoCo FM. 
Welcome back to Ducky's Funhouse on Noakoa FM Live. Uh, that was Warm Bodies by Oxford, who we were fortunate enough to have here in our studios for a sit-down interview. And you can find that on Corbin versus the World in the archives. We produce a lot of different shows here at Noakoa FM. Um, we also heard a promo earlier for Rolling Misadventures, which is the newest show to join the NoCo FM family. That's a show that's produced in uh, Tacoma, Washington, um, but uh, actually with three people from uh, varyingly different locations, um, one of which is our own Charles Joseph Kelly, my uh, business partner and co-founder here at NoCo FM. If you like the stuff that we do, um, I would encourage you to take a look at our Patreon. You know, basically everyone that works here, including myself, is doing this for the love of it and because we feel like there are important stories to share that are not being shared widely enough from people who aren't heard from nearly enough. Um, and it costs money and time to produce those things. So if you're in the position to uh, help us grow, then take a look at what we have at patreon.com slash nocofm. Um, we're going to move now to a brand new song from Washed Out, a.k.a. Ernest Weatherly Green Jr. That is a mouthful of a name. No wonder he goes by the name Washed Out, um, who's probably most well known for uh, Feel It All Around, which was also the uh, theme song from Portlandia. But he has a new uh, single out called Too Late. <laughs> Oh, 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 
Too Late, the new single from Washed Out, uh, a song and a, a band um, that has been classified in the chill wave uh, musical genre. And uh, there are so many different genres of music out there with the suffix of wave. I mean, we've already talked about two of them. We've talked about chill wave. We've talked about vapor wave. Um, and we're going to move into another one of the waves now with this new song. Um, from Le Matos, which is a French-Canadian duo. Um, this is Le Matos featuring Computer Magic, The Sounds of Nora.
Funky little tune, isn't it? That was Limatos featuring Computer Magic with the sounds of Nora. That song is off of a recent release. Uh, I believe it came out this week, actually. Um, it's one track off of the soundtrack to a French-Canadian web series called Exode. I have not seen that show. I do not speak French, um, and uh, I have not checked it out yet. But it's a short-form web series that uh, I believe was aired in France and possibly Canada as well. But uh, Limatos goes back a few years with me. Um, they're a French Canadian duo who I first heard when they scored the soundtrack for 2015's uh, indie feature Turbo Kid, which is this kind of uh, synth wave Mad Max film that takes place in a futuristic version of 1997, um, not unlike Mad Max Fury Road, although it might, I don't remember. It might have come out before Fury Road or right about at the same time, so I don't think it was meant to capitalize on it. But their score for Turbo Kid is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's out now um, uh, from Death Waltz, who also released the uh, soundtrack to Exode that came out this week. And again, not sponsored. I just love their work. Um, they also did a solo album called Join Us in 2013, um, which is fantastic. Um, and that's also available from Death Waltz. And they scored a, a horror movie that I don't think really got enough traction when it came out. 2018's Summer of 84. Again, also released on vinyl by Death Waltz. But that is a wonderful little urban horror film um you can tell kind of uh, capitalizes somewhat on the 80s nostalgia that has been propagated by stranger things um you, you have a group of four young children who uh are convinced that the uh neighbor across the street is a serial killer and set out to prove it to the uh adults that won't listen to them but the score to that by Lamatos is fantastic as well um so wonderful wonderful stuff from them i'll probably buy everything they release because i just think it's fantastic we're gonna move to uh some more synth pop but this is by um a local group well at least one one half of this duo is based actually here in fort collins um one half of them is uh, jesse neander who um if you frequent the lyric cinema cafe that's a name that is familiar to you he's a filmmaker and producer um here in the fort collins area but he's a uh, part of a duo called Poltergeist, and this is their song, Exposure. Oh, no, I'm not 
Some funky experimental synth pop from Poultry Ghost. That was Exposure off of their album, 90s Business Woman, which you can find on Spotify and uh, Bandcamp as well. Um, I don't believe that album has received a physical release yet, which is unfortunate. But uh, we got to pay a couple bills, so we'll be back in just a second. I'm Kev Cat, and I host No Coke Radio, the weekly hour-long show dedicated to spotlighting musicians within the LGBTQIA community. You can listen to the show every Friday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at NoCo FM. That's N-O-C-O dot F-M. Hey everybody, this is Adrian from Feminist Hot Dog, and I want you to join me and my awesome guests as we put the fun in feminism. It's true. On Feminist Hot Dog, we explore all the ways feminism makes the world a better place, no matter who you are. So come hang out on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Mountain on NoCo FM, and don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. See you on Wednesday. Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. 
Welcome back to Ducky's Funhouse Live on NOCO FM. I'm still Ducky, you're still you, and this show is moving right along. Got about a half hour left, but we're going to play some more fun stuff here. We're going to start off with a throwback um, to uh, Sonic Youth, um, who is still around, thankfully, and is still producing some great stuff. But this kind of goes back to their heyday. This is Incinerate.
going back to 2006 with Incinerate by Sonic Youth off of their album Rather Ripped. Uh, it was the only single release from that album, but uh, that album as a whole, if I'm... Uh, if my opinion means anything, is uh, criminally underheard and underappreciated. So check out Rather Ripped. Um, it's one of Sonic Youth's more accessible albums, um, if you ask me. Um, you know, I suppose uh, if today's show has a theme, it's about remixes and remakes and taking something old and turning it into something new. Um, I suppose if, if today's show has a theme, then that's it. Um, so on, in the spirit of that, we're going to hear a cover song that I was just, uh, that I just found recently, um, by the airborne toxic event, which, um, you've heard them on, uh, on our station before you've heard them on Corbin's show before, um, awesome rock group. Um, and they did a wonderful cover of goodbye horses, um, at South by Southwest. So let's take a listen to that. This is the airborne toxic event. I 
Airborne Toxic Event with their cover of Q Lazarus's Goodbye Horses, uh, that performance coming from South by Southwest 2013. No South by Southwest this year, of course, uh, due to the pandemic, um, the first of many, many, many events that have been canceled or postponed this year. Um, I'm going to have more to say about something involving the pandemic that's been going on this week, but I'm going to save that for the end of the show. Um, so that if you don't want to hear my my rant, uh, you don't necessarily have to. Um, we're going to keep it moving now, though. Um, this is a song that was actually a, is actually a holdover from the last episode that we ended up not having time for. Um, for the Prince tribute, this is Kate Bush with Why Should I Love You. Um, this is a fantastic song off of her 1993 album, The Red Shoes. The Red Shoes, of course, also the 1948 film of the same name. Um, this song features Prince on keyboards, guitar, bass guitar, and vocals. Um, but it's a, just a wonderful, wonderful song, so I figured why not include it since we didn't have time last time. Kate Bush, Why Should I Love You. This chapter says Put it out of your mind And give it time Find purple The purest gold Secret heart, the gray of the ghost, the L of the lips are open to the O of the host, the V of the velvet.
1993's Why Should I Love You by Kate Bush featuring Prince in a multitude of roles. I love that song. I love Kate Bush. Uh, Hounds of Love, uh, one of my top probably 20, maybe top 10 um, albums that I would take on an island with me if I 
or so inclined. Uh, nothing but new music for the rest of the hour. Um, we got a song coming up now by The Streets, uh, also featuring Tame Impala, which, welcome to 2020, kids. Like, those are the types of mashups we're seeing. Um, this is the uh, B-side off of a new uh, single called Where the Fuck Did April Go? And that's a wonderful question. But this is Call My Phone Thinking I'm Doing Nothing Better. Call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again. I was gonna call you back. I swear, just as soon as I you call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can get back to it How funny family is actually fucking as you in bits Your mum has good jeans but dads are ripped Dance like no one is awkward to music listen to lit You'd worry less about what they thought if you knew how little they did Onto better things, they fucking love all of the guessing. Someone just met your ex thinking they met someone special. I was gonna call you back. I swear, the phone is ringing, the phone is ringing, can't use it till it stops. I moan and listen, the tone emits. The only man in black, high his jackets in the cap. Brexit breakfast, day glow stars, I am backing and dashing. Whoever's with my ex needs to do better. She still texts to me at 2 till 10. Weirdly, it could taste weirdly better when your life is fucked up. I was gonna call you call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again. Love isn't a riddle. Love isn't made to be hard You know I'd give you my kidney Just don't ever take my charger So dance like no one is awkward To music listen to lit You'd worry less about what they thought If you knew how little they did You call and call my phone Thinking I'm doing nothing better I'm just waiting for it to stop So I can use it again I was gonna call you back I swear Just as soon as I Thinking I'm doing nothing better I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again You call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again The Streets featuring Tame Impala. Call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. Um, it's really, really great for me to see new material being released by The Streets. Um, I was turned on to his original album, original pirate material, by my friend Amy Q. Um, and uh, it's really great to see new stuff coming out. And when you combine his uh, lyricism, his rapping ability with Tame Impala, that is a recipe for success in my book. 
Um, we're going now to Delina Volney. Now, this is a trio, um, a new wave kind of post-punk trio from Belarus, part of the Italians Do It Better label, um, which also houses acts like uh, Chromatics and Glass Animals and Desire, um, some of which you've heard on other shows on this network. Um, but it, it's kind of a new wave sort of dark disco um, aesthetic that uh, producer Johnny Jewell has cultivated. But um, Delina Volney, like I said, is a trio of artists from Belarus. According to them, uh, this song, um, I'm Not Allowed, is a song about a protest against fear, self-doubt, and prohibition. It is a search for happiness, a call to action, a rhythm to follow. This is I'm Not Allowed. Delina Volney with I'm Not Allowed here on Ducky's Funhouse. The show is winding down, but I got a couple more for you. Um, next, we're moving to The Sounds. The uh, Swedish alt slash new wave rockers uh, have a new album out, and it's called Safe and Sound. And this is the title track off that new album. Have you had enough? 
New cut from the sounds that is safe and sound off of their forthcoming album of the same name. That album is due next month. Um, the sounds produced a wonderful live stream concert a couple of weeks ago and streamed it on YouTube and Twitch and all over the place. So I would highly, highly encourage you uh, to track that down. I'll leave a link to the show in the show notes for this show. Now I got one more track for you, but before I get out of here, a public service announcement. A video has been going around on social media this week called Plandemic. 
Um, it was posted on YouTube. It was posted on Facebook and lots and lots of people are sharing it. You've probably seen it on your timeline. And if you're like me, your response is utter disgust and horror. But if you're like some other people, you may be easily swayed into thinking that COVID-19 and the entire global pandemic that we're living through right now is something that was engineered by the very people who are tasked with stopping it. This video comes from a California production company called Elevate. They have over 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, and I hope I don't know any of those people. The video was billed as part one of a more full-length documentary, but it's 26 minutes of an interview with a conspiracy theorist slash disgraced former researcher named Dr. Judy Mikovits. She was kind of famous um, in the late 2000s for her research on chronic fatigue syndrome, and she published a paper in a well-known medical journal uh, about that research, and it got to the point where the findings and the paper had to be pulled and officially retracted by the medical journal because it was determined that she fabricated the evidence that supported the report. So once she was disgraced, once the work was discredited, she was fired by the institute that had been employing her. And ever since then, she has been on a misinformation campaign to talk about how the government is trying to silence her research. She's also been outspoken among anti-vaccination activists as well. So I don't really need to go into every single point about how absolutely stupid this is. But what really bothers me is how many people have been persuaded by it. I have uh, engaged in a number of particularly heated conversations with friends of mine and people I know, even people in my own family who have shared it and said, what do you think about this? And there's a serious problem with doing that. And they say that no knowledge is bad, and I don't disagree with that. But the problem is when you post videos that spread misinformation, you're actually causing that to increase. That's pretty obvious, right? The more people that share it, the more people that see it. But when you share something on Facebook, you're essentially saying, I support and or endorse this. And if friends in your social circle generally believe in you and the things that you say, that's going to give additional credence to the claim because you're essentially saying you endorse it. Now, it's one thing to look at the pandemic or social issues or, you know, issues of strata and whatnot with a discerning eye. But this video plays into all of the worst tropes about the government is lying to you. These are the things they don't want you to see. Wake up, sheeple, all of that kind of stuff. Every time I see a statement like that, I have to essentially immediately discredit the person who says it because... It plays on a trope where no facts are mentioned at all, and reality is twisted to whatever degree necessary to suit their narrative. The whole concept of the government is lying to you and don't believe everything you read and don't believe experts, that's horseshit. I'm sorry. It's just absolute horseshit. You can't possibly be this stupid. Do governments lie to people? Yes. Has the U.S. government lied to people? Yes, absolutely. Have they covered up things in the past? Yes, they absolutely have. But that doesn't necessarily, by default, apply to everything. Why? Because you need evidence to support a claim like that. 
You know, I've had people tell me, well, you know, medical journals can be faked as well, and those people can lie, and all these other people can lie. And what's so strange to me is that people are more inclined to believe someone with no credentials and no proof than they are people with the complete opposite, with mountains of proof and lots of disconnected, verified facts that are disparate from each other that support the truth of what's happening. Peer-reviewed medical journals go through multiple levels of vetting using outside scientists that are unconnected to each other to eliminate bias and discover truth. Hey, kids, that's the fucking purpose of science. I had another person tell me, oh, well, uh, you know, Snopes can't be trusted either. They're not a source. Snopes is not a source. They are a resource. That's a big difference. They don't make determinations for themselves. They make determinations based on credible evidence. And then they say, here is the conclusion based on all of this supporting credible evidence. You know, it's one thing to judge things for yourself. It's another to question absolutely everything except for the vocal minority of people who don't have any evidence to support their claims. You can pick and choose what you want to believe, but to deny sources that present verifiable facts and accept sources that present discredited nonsense that's proven to be false and misleading is just fucking downright loony. Now, if you were uh, intrigued by this, if you watched the video, if you liked what it had to say, am I saying you're a stupid person? No, but you're gullible because you're falling for misleading bullshit without thinking critically. Yes, you should do your own research, but that also means learning the difference between those who are trying to inform you and educate you and those who are trying to sell you something. This woman has latched onto the COVID-19 pandemic as a way of trying to sell a book that she has published. She lied about the reason she was arrested. She lied about not being anti-vaccination. She lied about the source and cause of the virus. She lied about the financial motivation of doctors to diagnose the virus in large numbers. And she lied about being injected with coronaviruses. She also lied about the idea that masks cause the virus. I can't make something up that's any dumber than this is. It's insane. So for God's sake, it's so idiotic that it's hard to address logically and without just kind of laughing at people. This video ended up being taken down by YouTube, and so now there's this sort of YouTube whack-a-mole where other people are posting it, then it gets taken down, and then someone else posts it, etc. And people are using the fact that this video is being taken down as evidence of their cause. See? The government doesn't want you to hear it. That's trash. The reason these videos get taken down is because they present ridiculous information that could get people killed. Saying things like masks cause the virus is insane, and it has a significant potential to get more people sick. The more people that get sick, the more people will die. It's irresponsible to public health to allow your platform to be a haven for dangerous bullshit. And before you say, what about free speech? No one's right to free speech is being withheld. You have the right to make speech. What YouTube is doing by taking down a video is saying, yeah, you can say that shit, but you can't say it in my house. And that is their right as the people who own the house. The producers of the video and fans of theirs or whatever, more than welcome to put the video up on their own platforms and have discussions around it. But YouTube and other platforms like them are under no obligation to host content that will endanger public health. That's really what it comes down to. 
And if you want to view everything from the lens of they're suppressing the truth or the government is lying, that's what's called a persecution complex. It's the same thing the subject of this video is guilty of. Rather than admit that she falsified records and then stole them and accept responsibility for making her mistake, she's turned it into a narrative of the man is trying to stop me for the sake of selling books. For fuck's sake, people, if you buy into that nonsense, I have a bridge to sell you. Know when you're being conned. Know when someone's trying to sell you on something. Learn to tell the difference between well-researched facts and evidence and bullshit. Be vigilant, but don't live in fear. I've gone on a little bit further than I wanted to with this, but we're going to finish off with the final song. This is Bon Iver with PDLIF. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Um, I appreciate any feedback you want to send me. I'm at Mr. Lanfear on Twitter. Of course, you can reach the station as well at NoCoFM. I'll be back in another two weeks with another two hours. And uh, this show will be available as a podcast tomorrow as well. If you want to go back and check out the playlist because you like some of the stuff that was played, you can find all of that at NoCo.FM. Thanks again. I appreciate you all. Love to you all. Be safe. Don't fall for bullshit. Do not live in fear.
This has been a production of NOCO FM.